I'll be the token woman for NERX. So I guess Alex, you're <laughs> the only one who isn't contributing to NERX. Yeah, you, you're useless. <laughs> you can you can do prep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I just want to point out that uh, I usually feel useless. So this is okay. this is not a shocking change of affairs for me. Hey guys, welcome to Startups of the Week, Season 3. I'm Sophia Kanthara, and I'm here with Owen Thomas. Hey there. And Alex Wilhelm. Hello. And this week, we'll tell you about a company that helps stylists make a commission off of its products, a startup that helps track patient recovery, and a company that delivers birth control straight to your house. That's all coming up on Startups of the Week. First up this week, we have Maven, which is trending because it recently raised $23 million in funding led by Essence Ventures. And Maven is a hair extension company. And how it works is it's direct to consumer, but stylists who who have clients, you know, they can point their clients to basically an online store where they can buy these products and then the stylist receives a commission for it. And then, you know, the client can bring it in to the salon and have it put in. Um, and so I talked to the CEO this week and he was telling me part of the reason he started is because usually how it works is stylists have all these clients, but they don't have the capacity to have all this inventory. So they can't sell extensions to their clients. So this is expensive. This is often human hair. Yes, it's, it Um, is expensive. And, um, and you know, it is, uh, you know, you need to have the right color, the right length. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of detail. So you're not necessarily even if you wanted to have it all in stock, and that would be a big expense. It would be very difficult to stock exactly what a particular client wanted for a particular occasion. Absolutely. So usually, you know, clients would have to then go to a beauty supply store and find the hair that they would want, and then bring it back to their stylist to put in. Um, but the CEO is telling me like, you know, so he's African-American and he is primarily marketing this to African-American stylists. And he was saying, I want, he wanted to empower these stylists to be able to kind of, to cash in on this huge multi-billion dollar hair market where, and keep kind of that money flowing in their community. Um, and also it's just easier for the clients because they can just order online and have a ship straight to their house and just bring it to their stylist instead of having to go somewhere else to find it. So just to make sure that I get the structure of this, my my stylist says, look, you want to get extensions? Here's my Maven link. Go here. I go. I get what I want. Have it brought to my house. And then when I go in to have my extensions done, I just bring the material with me. Pretty simple solution. Solves the inventory problem and also keeps money inside of the uh, the local eco. That, yep, that's okay. exactly correct. That's actually kind of brilliant. I like that. It's it's mm-hmm. a huge market, as we've discussed. It's a very complex market based on the individual requirements, and this solves both those things at once. I like that. Alex, do you think this indicates kind of a a gap in the venture capital uh, community? You know, the fact that they're getting money from Essence Ventures, which is great, good for you, Essence, but why aren't they getting money from a Sequoia or Kleiner? Is this an example of, you know, like white male venture capitalists sitting on Sand Hill Road not even knowing about this kind of world? I think that's exactly right. I mean, a bit of a spoon-fed question there, but yeah, I think that's totally it. I mean, if you don't know... I try to keep it simple. You try to keep it very simple. It is It is Friday in the uh, smoky San Francisco, so it has been a week for all of us. Um, I think this is the exact kind of blind spot you get when you don't have a diverse team, and this is the type of thing you can see when you do, and this is why having a more diverse team at the venture side and the founding side is good, and that's how Silicon Valley will make more progress. And I mean, this is I, a good example of it. I mean, I think that, you know, I think that there's often more opportunity in an area like this than, say, being the 12th 
scooter company out of a dozen to apply for a permit in San Francisco, which is the literal truth. There were 12 companies trying to get a scooter permit. Yeah, but in this case, I see where the margins are. I get how the revenue is kind of recurring in a way. I get Mm -hmm. there. We know there's a huge market for it. There's no problem searching for addressable market here. So to me, this is a great idea. I love it. And 23 million is a lot of capital. So they have a lot of uh, maneuverability to get things done. So good for uh, them. Of course, now they are taking on the inventory burden that um, you know that the stylists are not. Yeah. So actually with this new round of funding, what it's primarily going to be used for is to expand their wig line. Um, so more inventory. But also what they're doing is they're adding kind of a new feature with their partnership with stylists. Because right now, if you have like your own stylist store, whenever one of your clients makes a purchase, you get the 15% cut. But now um, the CEO is telling me like, this is, you know, pretty expensive. Usually when you, the average, like, I guess, sale, like um, for clients is they buy about $200 worth of products um, when they order off of Maven. And then when they go into their stylist to get it put in, it's also around $200. So you know, wow. these clients are spending, and I asked how many times a year, and he was like, you know, it could be three to four times a year that Whoa, you're going, okay. to get, go, going to go in and get your hair done. So you're spending, you know, $400, $500. So um, what they're doing now, though, is that if you buy um, extensions off of Maven for full price, then Maven will pair you with a stylist in your area, and they will do it for free. So Maven is essentially paying the stylist to do the service for free. Once, though, right, I presume? Not every time. So he didn't specify um, the, or how often this will be. He did just say, I was like, kind of like, what's the catch? Like, how are you making money off of it? And he's like, you know, we're just trying to invest more in our stylists and also in our customers. Um, but he said, he's like, you know, we did the math and it works out. We yeah. can still do this. Well, this is fascinating because one thing that Uber showed is that if you have a better product, it's kind of okay. But if you have a better product that's also cheaper, and Uber was cheaper than taxis back in the day, then mm-hmm. that's where you really find enormous market growth and then hopefully later on profitability. So this sounds like a case in which they're lowering the price and making it more convenient to double and play. Also, mm-hmm. if you have a moat with both consumers and with, uh, you know, with, the business that kind of delivers the product to the consumers. You can't really, you know, if you get an extension yourself, you need someone to, you know, to weave it in for you. So, um, so having having both sides of the marketplace kind of in your camp mm-hmm. is a much more effective competitive barrier than just, you know, kind of blindly acquiring consumers. And before we move on to the next thing, uh, moat is a competitive barrier. Moat is a phrase often used by venture capitalists and startups to talk about what's their advantage that no one else has that prevents other people from coming in and taking their business. So for Uber, a moat could be like the the massive supply of drivers they have, or perhaps brand could be a moat. But in this case, I think you make a really good point. And honestly, I'm excited to see where this goes. Well, good on Maven. Yeah, so up next we have Health Loop, which is our deal of the week. And I think, Owen, you're gonna tell us a little bit about that. We're talking about because it was recently acquired by GetWell Network. Well, I I hope it was a good outcome for the founder, Jordan Schlein, who I actually met at a medical tech conference several years ago. And uh, he was one of the presenters. Um, and I thought HealthLoop was a really promising idea. Um, the The hardest part with going to going to a doctor, getting a prescription, getting um, you know, physical therapy recommended is the follow-up. You see the doctor, and then the doctor kind of has to chase after you to make sure that you actually take the, you know, take the remedy you've been prescribed. So also, is that doing the trick? You know, is that actually solving the problem? Um, you can come in again at, for a follow-up appointment, but that's really expensive. So anything that lets you kind of follow up, 
very cheaply in a lightweight way with patients strikes me as something that's helpful. The other the other thing it solves is that obviously, you know, consumers these days don't like to be calling, you know, they don't, you know, they don't even particularly like to email. So something that is app-based communication for doctors and patients uh, while providing the security and privacy that you need strikes me as really smart. And Health Loop uses an app to essentially make sure that people take their medications or whatever they need to after an appointment with a doctor. So it's that kind of reminder mechanism that keeps right. you... It's, it's, you know, if you have an injury, it might show a stretch that you should do to, you know, kind of keep the muscle warmed and help heal. Um, you know, it, it may just be a, how are you doing? Are you feeling better or worse? Mm-hmm. One of the other apps I saw at the same conference was so simple. It was intriguing. It was simply, it simply asked the patient, hey, are you feeling the same, better, worse today? And it was very easy then for the patient to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And it was a very important signal for the doctor. Hey, if you're feeling the same, but you should be getting better, that's a problem. If you're feeling better, great. If you're feeling worse, come on in. But making that communication and that response, that information gathering simple was kind of the key. Yeah. So before, so getting ready for today, I looked through this company's funding history and I want to talk about kind of a a little uh, quirk in the venture world that can be a signal. Mm -hmm. So they raised a uh, roughly $13 million Series A back in uh, December of 13 and maybe a little bit more money after that uh, in 2015. In 2017, so years later, they raised a $8.4 million Series B. Ooh, that does not sound good. Now, Owen, why why does that not sound good? $8.4 million is a lot of money. Why why is that bad? Well, you just expect sequentially the funding to go up, you know, if the valuation of the company goes up. Um, it should You should be raising larger and larger sums of money in the usual course of events. Yes. Now, there might be a reason. The, the one exception to that w- would be if you're raising just a tiny, tiny chunk of money um, from a corporate partner as part of a strategic round, that might be something where the, you know, the round is smaller in terms of cash raised. But I would hope it's also... Uh, for a smaller chunk of the company. If you are uh, pricing the shares lower than in your previous round, it's called a down round. And that has lots of negative consequences for the company. Yes. But mostly when you see a company raise less in a successive round, it's kind of a bearish signal. And also if a company doesn't raise between 18 and 24 months, also kind of a bearish signal. And uh, the letter last round is now kind of inside that window. So anyways, this is not a shocking exit to me. They had raised a total of, uh, I think, about 22, yeah, $21.6 million. And uh, we hope they did well. But that's the exit of the week. Yeah. All right. So our last startup this week we have is NERCS, um, which is a company that, it's a telemedicine company, um, but they're known for shipping birth control and prep straight to patients' homes. Um, and that's spelled N-U-R-X. So it's kind of like new R-X or new oh, prescription. I didn't get that. I was like, why is it called NERX? That's oh, I ter- didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they right. did not explain that to me on my call. I, I'm, I'm picking up what they're putting down. <laughs> oh, All right. All right. So, so NERX uh, obviously is about prescriptions, but very specific kinds of prescriptions. Right, yes. Um, yeah. And so also the reason that they're trending this week is because they recently expanded into Alabama. Um, and also they added a new member to their board. Um, she's a former Surgeon General um, oh. of the U.S., Dr. Regina Benjamin. Um, they also have Chelsea Clinton on their board as well. So got a pretty high-profile board there. But, um, yeah, so basically how it works is their telemedicine company where you can input on the app, like, your photo and your photo ID. Um, and 
answer a few questions for your doctor. So if it's for birth control, one of the most important things that you answer is, you know, your blood pressure. And then a physician will, re- will review it and then can write a prescription and have that sent straight to your home. Um, for birth control with insurance, it's typically free. And without insurance, it's about $15. Um, and they'll, you know, do that every month. And they also, so they do birth control and they also do PrEP, which is the um, HIV prevention um, medicine. And for that, it's a little bit different where you do have to, they'll send you like a kit, like an at home kind of testing kit where you have to provide like a small blood sample um, that they'll do some screening for and then they'll, you know, ship you the pills. So PrEP, by the way, has revolutionized gay dating. Um, it's, <laughs> it is for sexually active uh, individuals. They can be gay, straight, you know, men, women. But it, the idea is um, this medicine greatly reduces uh, the chance that, um, that you'll get an HIV infection if you know a condom breaks or something of that sort, and it's really recommended because you know whatever the cost of prep is, it's so much less than the cost of treating HIV. Absolutely, and um, with their expansion this week into for on the birth control side, um, they are re- they were telling me when I was talking to the CEO, they're really focusing on expanding in the South. Um, and so Alabama just happened to be first up on the roadmap because their new board members is an Alabama native. Um, but they're really focusing on the South just because of, in Alabama, the number of um, unplanned pregnancies ha- is higher than in other places. And um, just in the South, they're saying because of it is more rural and concerns there, about being... There's poor access. Yeah, to, there's less access to birth control there. And also he mentioned, you know, part of like the cultural function of it, you know, people aren't as comfortable talking to their doctor about mm. getting these medicines. So this is to eliminate kind of all of that. And um, yeah, just bring more access to birth control and prep in that area. Well, here is Tech doing something good. And uh, this week we didn't actually highlight a scooter company. I feel like all these companies do useful things. Mm-hmm. And so this has been one of the more uh, edifying episodes of this show because it was all companies that are reasonable and good. I like that. I I will say one other observation I'd make with two kind of healthcare companies is that the infrastructure for delivering healthcare services is getting a lot better. It used to be that you just could not do healthcare uh, online. You know, doctors would not cooperate with it. And Mm -hmm. you do need doctors in, you know, in all of these equations. There's a doctor on the other side writing the writing the prescription or giving you answers if we're talking about the health loop app. And I think that we see companies like Salesforce or Box making their uh, making their offerings or infrastructure compliant with healthcare privacy laws like HIPAA. And um, you know, while I don't know if those companies are involved with these particular solutions, I I think that we just see a flowering of these types of companies because we've kind of gotten there as an in- industry. To, to make that a little bit simpler, Owen, you mean that people that do CRM or cloud storage, they've built their products so that you can use them now in these environments using yes, healthcare absolutely. data, making it a bit more plug and play to build companies that do stuff in the healthcare space because the technology backend has been kind of kind of built for them, if you will. Right, because before you would have to roll your own or, you know, or you'd run into kind of, you know, regulatory problems and get shut down. And now it's now it's much more easy to kind of use the same things that other startups do to get up and you know to get up and operating very quickly. Yeah, I, I like that. Also, I think groups like One Medical were pretty useful in changing people's views about what medicine should and can be, and raise expectations for this sort of thing to help flower. That's just kind of one example in Owen's point, but I, I definitely agree with that.
Yeah, well, that's all we have for this week. And we actually won't be here next week because it will be Thanksgiving. Um, we'll all be uh, in a food coma, so we won't be able to record. <laughs> um, but we will see you here on Startups of the Week in two weeks. Startups of the Week is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com slash business. And news.crunchbase.com. Follow us on Twitter at Tech Chronicle and support Startups of the Week and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. I like all these companies. It's so fun to talk about companies that actually are doing good things or try yeah, to. Yeah, I feel like normally, like, we have, like, we kind of on them a little bit. Like, yeah. I mean, last Shade. week it was...